0: The moment. All right, Julie, welcome to the show. How you doing?
1: I'm good, thank you. How are you?
0: I am doing all right. Happy that uh, it's cooled down a little bit because the heat was, uh, was killing me uh, last week. How did you cope with the heat? Air conditioning. Nice, nice, lucky. I have like one air conditioning unit and it's in the top floor in the office, so it's in the room I'm in, but... When I'm doing this, I have to turn it off because it's way too loud. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to have you on the show. I love your energy. You're always smiling every time I see you in a picture, in person, down the street. You're always smiling full of energy, and that's something that I really admire because I know some days it's hard for me to bring out the energy, but every time I see you, it always brings uh, some happiness out of me, so I really appreciate that. So I'm happy to have you on the show, and I wanted to start with uh, like where you're from because um, how long have you been in Toronto for?
1: Um, I've been here for just over three years. I moved in April of 2017.
0: Nice. And where were you living prior to Toronto?
1: I lived in Calgary and I was in Calgary for about six years before moving here.
0: Oh, nice. And where were you before that?
1: <laughs> Everywhere. Um, I had a career in oil and gas. I, I did some overseas work. I was in a little um, a tiny town kind of in northern Alberta and I was in the city in between Calgary and Edmonton for about eight years yeah so all over Alberta nice
0: nice and is that where you were born in Alberta
1: yeah I was born in southern Alberta a little town kind of close to the U.S. border
0: cool 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 and so what what made you like transition to Toronto like what brought you to the city
1: (laughs) Uh, fate really so I was here on an unrelated business trip and was so excited because I was like, I'm going to stay downtown and I'm going to go to all these like super cool spin classes. And then I'm going to come back to Calgary and I'm going to be so much better at teaching spins. I got to see all these cool classes. And then I came here and there was no cool spin classes. And I was like kind of mind blown. And also like that's what started the. wheels because we were sheldon and i were kind of looking to do something different but calgary was very like a very saturated market and it didn't make sense i was already teaching at a studio so like for me to branch out and like do my own thing didn't really make sense because it just like it wouldn't it just didn't make sense and so Mm -hmm. when i came here and saw that gap in the market at that time i was like whoa like toronto doesn't know anything about what's about to hit it so and then here we are
0: that's crazy i mean just last night, I was watching uh, Frasier with, uh, with Cash. She loves that show for some reason. And it was like the last season and they had mentioned spin. They're, they're in Seattle and spin was like a big thing around that time. But it just blew my mind. Like it made me think of something that you just mentioned right now, like how Toronto, like the spin community just didn't really like, blow up until like, I guess you got here and made it more of a thing. So I appreciate that. I know spinning is uh, part of my training. It kicks my ass every single time um how did you get into spin like what drew you towards it
1: so i was a a weightlifter and i didn't really do cardio i didn't love cardio because i i'd gone sorry i'd gone from running i started that was my fitness journey started running and i went from running and i was like like a skinny little beanpole with a whole bunch of injuries (laughs) and then i found the weight room and i was like this is amazing like i'm so strong and i love it and i just i didn't love doing cardio so i didn't really do it. It was kind of one of those like I just lift weight faster. And then a friend of mine took this class in Calgary and she was like, Oh my God, you have to go. They like lock you in this dark room and you spin and like this really good music. And like it's just like it's just amazing. She's like, you'll leave you leave covered in sweat and it's so good. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna hate this. And then I went and I actually I, I loved it, but I also hated it, but I was so bad at it, like so bad at it that I bought the two-week pass because I was like, I've never entered a sport or anything. Like, this is going to sound terrible, but I've never done a sport that I haven't been good at almost immediately.
0: Uh-huh, and I got uh-huh. on a
1: spin bike and I was like, terrible. Yeah. Like, I was like, what's the beat? What are they doing? What are they? Mo- how the fuck are they doing this? And I think I sat down for like 90% of the class and just like looked around in amazement at all these people moving. And I was like, how do you know what to do? What's going on? And then I was like, no, you know what? I'm going and I'm going to get good at this. And then that's in awesome. those two weeks, I was like, I love it. I need to go every day and went from never spinning to like six times a week.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy. I, I love that that mindset. I mean, that's something I, t- I talked about earlier in uh, one of the other episodes about just being a beginner at something, right? Like, j- just like you, like, uh, I liked to do things that I was good at. I'm okay. I'm good at soccer. I'm good at this. I'm good at that. I'm going to stick to these things. And then, you know, to try something and I think dive into it the way that you did is really um, admirable. And I feel like that it keeps life interesting. It keeps us growing. You know what I mean? And look to where it got you now. You know what I mean? Going from like not being so good at it to being amazing at it, I think is uh is a really good thing.
1: Yeah. If you would have told me in 2013 that this class would lead me here, I'd have been like, yeah, right.
0: Yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. It's really crazy to look back at stuff like that. So how did you go from that? So you went six days in a row, six days a week, And then like, what made you decide to like, what were you doing at the time? What was your career at the time?
1: So I was working in oil and gas. So I worked in oil and gas for about 15 years, I think total. I'm going to date myself and now you're going to know how old I am. Um, But yeah, I worked for about 15 years. um, And I'd gone from being in the field to then going into sales. And I was selling the service that I used to do in the field. So it was less about the actual um, it's like commodity type sales and more about like a technical support role. So it was still, it was more of like a, I don't know, like a technical advisor type role, which was really cool. It added a lot of flexibility to my schedule because I had not I had clients and meetings and things like that. But it also like, it taught me a whole lot about business and what, why you make certain decisions and why like there certain things are worth it and certain things aren't worth it because it, from a field level you're just like that's so dumb why wouldn't they do that and then you see it and from the perspective you're like oh because it costs this and you make this and it just doesn't make sense so it was kind of a cool experience there anyway getting derailed so i used to take my clients to spin class Mm -hmm. because kind of the thing in downtown calgary oil and gas boys club is you like go for beers at lunch and you and i was like i don't that's so lame like i don't want (laughs) to one i don't want to day drink and ruin the rest of my friday yeah
0: yeah
1: like it's just i wasn't really into it so i started this like the friday fitness club and would take my clients to a Friday spin class. And then I used, at the beginning, it started in the summer. And I was like, then we can go across the street and have margaritas after. And was like, ooh. And then it's the margaritas sort of slipped away and the spin kind of stuck.
0: Nice. Good for you.
1: Yeah. And then I started teaching myself. And then I would just make them come to my class.
0: I was like,
1: nice. Now you're coming to my spin class on Friday at lunchtime. Sorry about it
0: and how did you manage that transition so from going to like something very like kind of corporate i guess into like fitness and instructing and fitness like what how did you manage to do that or why did you decide to do that
1: so it was a side hustle i i still kept my corporate job i still worked i mean in, in, again in that like technical advisor role it wasn't really nine to five it was kind of like whenever things were on fire you mm-hmm. had to go and fix them mm-hmm. so i I was able to teach. I taught lunchtime classes, which worked out for me because I'd bring clients and stuff. And then I realized that I wasn't so much in love with just spinning. I loved teaching spin. And that's kind of how this whole journey started. It was when we were looking for different moves outside of oil and gas and like trying to separate ourselves from the industry. It was like, well, the best part of my day is when I teach spin. So how can I make my whole life the best part of my day? Is kind of how that nice. is
0: that's fucking cool that's really fucking cool Uh, what what about teaching is it that that you like like what what draws you to the teaching
1: to know that like people well one that people are showing up for you so you have to show up for them so it keeps you accountable Mm -hmm. um that you like you have such an impact on each person at an individual level like i've had people come up and be like man like I had to put my dog down yesterday and i was so sad and I came to this class and like just got me through it. So it's like being a part of the journey to someone bettering themselves is just such a powerful thing. And you almost, you realize like how, how powerful that is and how much of an impact you can have. And you can share that message of like, I find a lot of messaging in the fitness industry is like, you can be skinny like me and you can work off your turkey dinner on Thanksgiving. And I just think that there's so the gap in that messaging market where it's like, no, like let's move our bodies because it's therapeutic. Let's move our bodies because it makes us feel good. Let's move our bodies because we can. And you yes. have the power and the impact to change the mindset of somebody who's doing an extra spin class because they ate a cookie. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that was kind of what got me like, addicted to it as i was like whoa like not only do i love doing the actual act of spinning but like now you have this like this impact on people that you didn't realize you could have
0: yeah it's really crazy how it brings people together like uh the community aspect to it i feel like you and i have like similar fitness journeys you know um like i was doing just weight training on my own for such a long time before i found uh, crossfit for example and you know, that the main thing that drew me to Academy of Lions, for example, was just like the community aspect to it. And it was just that like sharing stories with people, helping them better themselves and going through this journey of like, hey, we're just trying to get healthy. It doesn't matter how you look or, um, you know, that's not the goal. The goal is, hey, let's get better at something. Let's suck at something first and then let's get better at it and go through that journey together. And it just it keeps me more motivated than I've ever been in my life, to be honest. So it's really cool to see you doing your, your thing. um. I was really curious, like, why, like, was there a reason why you chose the location that you did in uh, Queen West?
1: So, yes. Um, I mean, I didn't know anything about Toronto. So, I learned a lot of hard lessons uh, along the way moving here and starting a business because I was very Calgary, and Calgary is a very different city in all aspects yeah. than Toronto. So, I was like looking at it through that lens. However, when we got out of the car, we were looking at the space it was very neighborhoody, mm-hmm. and that was what I was going for is like I got it at a couple others and I was like eh, it feels a bit corporate like I don't know and we got out on West Queen West there's people sitting on the chairs outside at Bolt and the, like the the patio at the Drake Cafe and I was like okay this is something that I can get behind like this feels like a, a neighborhood that would accept a community because we did it was funny like our our um real estate agent took us to a spot in Yorkville and I still laugh about it because he was just like looking at like demographics and like numbers and stuff. And he's like, Oh, check this space out. We got it on the car and like this guy and his driver drove by in a Bentley and we're like, maybe this is the (laughs) right neighborhood for our business. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to fly. And so it was just kind of funny that like, I had no idea anything about Yorkville or what that meant or what the location meant. And then when we saw that, we're like, know about this one yeah and yeah so and then just the more we looked at queen west and then like kind of looked of course like they give you the demographic information and we're like oh it's like young professionals and a lot of like there's like a lot of freelance stuff and a lot of those types of businesses that we're like that's going to be our our crowd like those are the people that nice. tend to have that community mindset so
0: that's awesome yeah you made a really good choice i like, got such an awesome community like you said people just out and about you know I really love Queen West, so I'm happy you guys are there. Um, you also did some some bodybuilding. You mentioned right, so, some weightlifting in the past, right? Is it was that was that what you're referring to when you said weightlifting?
1: Yeah, so I I started running. I was working in Angola, mm-hmm. and I was at the time I was like in in a camp, so I was staying like you were locked in like a compound basically, and mm-hmm. I we could buy beer. So at that point in my life, I was like drinking six beers a day. Like I was like full fledged party girl, like whenever we could. And I used to be mad when I'd have to go offshore because that meant like I couldn't have my beers for the day. And this group of guys that I worked with were going to, they were going to go running at lunch. And I was like, I'm going to come. And they like laughed at me. And I was like, what do you mean? Like I'm fit. And they're like, no, you're not. And I was so insulted that I, I went and I was like, I'm going, I don't care. And so I went and I we're running, we were going to start, there's a hill and we were going to start like walk down and then run up. I went back to my room after and like vomited. (laughs) I was like horrible mess. Like I died on that hill. And then I was like, Oh shit, you are not fit. And then, you know, the mentality of like, when someone says, no, you do. So then I became a runner and I went from like that day, that horrible hellish day to i would run 10k every day at lunch and in the angolan lunchtime it's like 38 degrees and like 99 humidity and i was just like nope we're doing it doing it doing it and from there that led to a half marathon and then that led to a full marathon which was the worst thing i've ever done i think maybe ever and that I was broken like I it's all these injuries and like couldn't move and like it was just a mess and that led me to the weight room and that's where I think I found oh, my actual
0: I see, journey I
1: to fitness It was like which, a long weavy uh, road to how we got there
0: yeah which uh, which marathon did you run or where did you run this marathon
1: the royal victoria marathon in the fall it was thanksgiving weekend in 2010
0: crazy yeah. Like you're the second person I've talked to that's run a marathon. And like, it's always been in the back of my mind, like I should run a marathon just to like accomplish something, but
1: yeah.
0: The other part of me is just like, man, I don't know. Like well, people just end up so banged up and you know, as a physio, I see so many people banged up during training after the races and yeah, but I don't know. It's still in the back of my mind. So maybe we'll chat more about it some other time. Um, so you started, so you left the running, you started in the weight room and then like, where did your journey go from there?
1: I actually started in the weight room in CrossFit. So that was oh, kind of like when CrossFit oh. was first, like really yeah. sort of starting up, to yeah. become. So I had been going, there was a CrossFit gym. I was living in Red Deer at the time. I was working in Angola and commuting like from Red Deer. So I just worked five weeks on and five weeks off. Mm-hmm. And there was this gym that it was an MMA gym. That was started by a guy who used to fight in UFC. So he had an MMA gym, and then his wife, on like the other side of this gym, it started with boot camps, and then she mm-hmm. opened it. Became CrossFit, and so I started doing CrossFit, and that's how I found a barbell, and just really as that was sort of starting, kind of got really into it, and that's how I found my way to a weight room. I actually how I found my way into like bodybuilding and and that world is I had gone, I'd found this like fitness camp in one of those magazines, (laughs) so bad. Like I didn't know how to lift weights. So I would take the magazine and go to the gym and like follow through the like, Jamie Eason says you should do this workout to build your biceps and it'd be like the five exercises and I would go through and like follow my magazine be like done. And in that magazine, there was like this fitness camp in LA and I was like, that sounds like really cool. I wanna go and Mm -hmm. do that. Like I've never, anyway, and it was, the camp was actually geared around competitors and like how to get people to the stage and so that was like my first taste I was like what do you mean bring high heels we're going to a fitness camp I don't get it and it was like to practice posing and I was like oh and the trainer at this camp was actually from Calgary wow and he was like a (laughs) bodybuilding trainer and I was like oh so if I want to bodybuild I just gotta like train with you and then I can do it and then so that's how it happened and he was cool. probably like, you're an idiot, and the journey ahead is going to be big for you, but okay.
0: Wow. And how long did you compete in bodybuilding for?
1: So I did that camp in the end of 2010, and then I went, I competed in my first show in like June of 2011, June or July of
0: 2011.
1: Okay. And I was terrible. Like, I was so awkward on stage, and like, I didn't know how to walk in heels, and was like, Ugh. But I, again, like when you suck at something, you're like, I need, I need redemption. Like that was really bad. I need redemption. Uh-huh. And then I did it again the next year and like worked on the things that I needed to work on. Cause I thought I could just go to the gym and like show up with abs and be fine. And I was like, <laughs>
0: no. What did you have to work on that first year? Like what, what were some of like the, I guess the, the gaps that you had that you were trying to improve?
1: So it just like my, I'd come from being a distance runner. So I, it was very, 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 very lean. And they're like, you know, it's not really like a feminine look. (laughs) We were kind of going for, you know? So I was like really, really lean. And I was just like super shredded. And I was like, yeah, I'm so shredded. I'm totally going to win. And it was not. They were like, "Mm." so bodybuilding, I, I love some aspects of the sport because I love how much the training pushes you in ways that you would never really push yourself. But the Mm -hmm. other piece of it that I think is complete crap and I don't advocate for it is that you are judged based on someone else's opinion of what you should look like mm-hmm. so they come across and they're like oh you're you know your movement was good but your butt was too big and you're like what like how does that so it just it became all about how you looked, but how you looked relative to other people. They're like, yeah, everyone on stage looked a certain way, but you were just, you were just a little too lean or you weren't lean enough. And then that became whether or not you were good enough. And I was like, this is stupid. Like I trained my ass off. And now you're telling me that my muscles are too big or they're not big enough. And I just was like, "Mm."
0: yeah, it's almost like subjective, right? Mm -hmm. It's
1: super subjective. And it depends on who shows up that day and like who the judges are and I just there was a point where I just just like I, I don't care what you think I should look like this is what my body wants to look like and so maybe we'll just move on from this and yeah I also love food so it's like dieting is terrible I would sit there and I'd be miserable I'd be eating my chicken and whatever and Sheldon's chicken and
0: broccoli steak, and I'm like
1: <laughs> I hate you and he's like he I mean Sheldon was great so throughout the whole thing like he helped me prep food and like did stuff but there'd be times where like he would be eating a burger and I would be eating my like gross fish and I'm like no like
0: because no yeah yeah I can't imagine that I think that's one of the reasons why I decided to never compete like I remember one time I was at the gym and some guy was like coming up to me he's like hey man you look pretty good like you should have you ever competed and I was like no like I'm not really into that and it was because of the food I'm like I can't like I'm so in love with food you know I can't just have that kind of relationship where I just break up with pizza for like you know six weeks or something you know
1: 16 weeks 16 weeks, 16 weeks. <laughs> and then it's
0: just yeah yeah and I can imagine how that messes with your mind I mean I feel like I feel like I've suffered with like body dysmorphia where I look in the mirror and I'm kind of like you know what I'm I think I'm too skinny or I'm too small or like this muscle's not big enough or whatever and that was just me judging myself like not people really like not being on stage and being kind of finger pointed at and being told that you know my my traps aren't big enough or something so i can't even imagine how that would uh mess with a person like how did you like how did that affect you as a a person like being told hey like you know your shoulders are not big enough or too small or whatever
1: so i guess for for me in that sense is that you were always trying like i took it as feedback to improve and i would take these moments of like someone's telling you this so that's like feedback for you to improve on next year and then there was just a Mm -hmm. moment where it clicked and i was like this isn't you're not actually improving you're changing how you look based on someone else's opinion so it's not an actual Mm -hmm. improvement it's someone else's opinion of what you should look like that you changed to meet and the there was a point like i was i was miserable at the end of it and i was at i was away at a friend's wedding Mm -hmm. in like the dominican and i was supposed to be dieting for the show and i was at this wedding in the dominican and then I was like at the buffet one day and I was like, I don't, I'm done. Like, I don't, I'm sitting here. I'm like watching all this food. I just spent like two hours in the gym while everyone else was out on the beach. Like, fuck it. And I texted my coach and was like, I quit. I'm done. See you later. I'll talk to you when I get back, but I'm enjoying the rest of this.
0: Nice. And how great did that feel?
1: It was good, but it like, it messes with your, your head a little bit because now you no longer have this like, This thing that you're chasing, you're just kind of like, I I hated the gym for about three months after that. Like I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to train because you didn't really have a purpose to train. And then you kind of found you're like, no, I actually like lifting weights and moving my body. So we'll just do it on my own terms. But I do find that the industry is riddled with a lot of insecurities and a lot of like eating disorders disguised as fitness. Yeah. Because everything you put in your mouth is controlled. Yeah. yeah. It's calculated and it's controlled. And that is in its own essence, disordered eating. And a lot of people that have struggled with those things, turn it into fitness and like, look at my muscles. Like I'm so fit. It's so healthy. And they like put this narrative out there that this is healthy. And I'm like, but it's not. Like, it's, the yeah. conversations are toxic and the energy is toxic. So it's not something I, I advocate for anymore. I'm like, when people are like, I'm thinking about doing a show. I'm like, good luck <laughs> have fun talk to me in 16 weeks and we'll go have pizza <laughs> but yeah
0: awesome cool cool all right so we talked about your bodybuilding we talked a little bit about where you're from uh we didn't get too much at the six cycle just yet so uh talk to us about like sort of what what gave you that idea so you, you mentioned you came to toronto you said hey i'm looking for a good spin studio and there's really not a lot of spin studios around the city and what steps did you take then to like get this thing going
1: so it's funny I actually call I I went out for some drinks when I was here on my on my business trip and called Sheldon at like one o'clock in the morning and I was like we need to move to Toronto and open up a spin studio and he's like okay. And I'm like, and we're going to call it six cycle. And it's going to be like this. And he was like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll talk like, <laughs> tomorrow morning or whatever. And I'm like, no, I've got a plan. And so that was actually what started it.
0: That's so funny. How did you come and, up with that name?
1: I, so I'd been at a fitness expo the, week, the weekend prior and they were selling these hoodies that said six on them. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Toronto, the six, I get it. Ah. And I don't know, it just I just decided that that was nice. what I was going to do. And then people were like, that's actually not a bad name. And yeah, it sticks. Then I, it sticks. Yeah, it sticks. And then I realized like afterwards that Calgary and other places are the only places that refer to Toronto as the <laughs> six. And Drake, everyone in Toronto was like, that's so lame. But we did it. It stuck. We decided to to keep it. Um and then yeah, so we came home. We we had been looking at ways to to take the entrepreneurial jump. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had never really found anything that really resonated. There was a couple of opportunities in Calgary that were like, eh, I don't know. And then a friend of ours had a franchise opportunity based out of the US. So we went down and like did some classes and kind of tested out that model in in Washington. And we're like, if we're gonna take the leap, do we wanna do we wanna take it on someone else's business an idea or do we want to uh. do it ourselves and then it just kind of all fell into place when there was no studios here that really hit the mark for me then I was like you know what this is this is what I need to do and it's funny because as soon as I was like yeah we signed the lease everyone else was like hey we're coming to Toronto and I was like what? <laughs> I was like here I was like I'm so smart I have the best idea ever I'm opening a spin studio and no one else is, and then everyone else is like, hey, so are we? And I was like, Oh, it's either the worst idea I've ever had or the best one. Well, I guess we'll find out. Um, so I we were kind of sorry, is that can you still hear me? Yeah. Did, there we go. Sorry, it's, there we go. It was weird. It was like one ear was not working. Um anyway, so they it, we rode the wave of everyone else opening and and mm-hmm. spin became kind of a thing. Um but yeah as as far as like why we did it the crash of the oil and gas industry in 2015 was kind of one of the third ish like when i started in oil and gas we were kind of the the base mm-hmm. of the crash coming up and then we went through one in 2008 and then we went through this in in 2014 or so 2015 2016 and then mm-hmm. i was just like we got to separate ourselves from this industry because it's going to happen again. And it's just, it's, we need to diversify skills and like we've always talked about wanting to work for ourselves. And so it just kind of was serendipitous. It happened and spin was the way to go. And Sheldon's like, I got these pieces of the business. You can teach people how to teach spin and we'll make it happen.
0: Nice. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the nice things in the past. Like, I mean, maybe it's just me, but in the past decade, I feel like humans have just decided, Hey, you know what? I'm tired of sitting at a desk all day and just, not moving and people have begun to see the beauty in moving like you said it's therapeutic you know we're moving because we want to moving because we can uh so it's really cool to see that kind of trend and I, i i feel like now it's it's here to stay like there's so many benefits to movement and it's been in such a great way and I feel as a physio too that it's a really good way to like not get really banged up. You know, I mean, with any sport, there's a risk of injury, but it's like low impact. It's not like running. It's not like you know playing soccer where someone might tackle you and you might mess up your ankle or something. Um, so yeah, it's really cool to see the the community grow, especially with something like spin. Um, where do you where do you guys see yourselves like in the the next five years? Like, you still see yourselves in like the queen west or do you see like other studios opening up or like what what, what are you kind of like where's your mind at in the next five years
1: so we are actually opening another studio now oh, um, cool, cool, cool. ideally mid-august is kind of what we're aiming for um, so we wanted to expand within the fitness realm but not in spin so we are opening up six flow which is yes. a music driven uh, movement studio. So I'm not going to say it's yoga because it's not just yoga, but we have um, hot yoga classes. We're going to have like movement Pilates classes, like hit-ish style classes, but everything is rooted in music. Beautiful. So I found that a lot of those types of workouts in Toronto specifically are accessible to people who either like love yoga or love Pilates. But for someone like me, they're not really appealing, or this is not really anything like that. So I'm like, how can I take the experience that we get in spin and give it to people in a way that, in like, it kind of gives them a more well-rounded training? So you're still gonna spin, and then you can do this, and it's not gonna like add injury or like, it, you know, or not telling you to be like, hey, like, come to my running boot camp, so spin three times a week and then run three times a week, and then break your body. It's like, hey, you know what you could do? You can spin this many times a week you can do yoga here you can like do pilates here and you can enhance the the overall experience and and the the overall wellness component so that is coming ideally in the middle of august if covid cooperates
0: yeah
1: we're in the middle of like finishing that build out right now
0: Nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I saw six flow. I wanted to ask you about that. So I'm glad that uh, we got a chance to talk about it. It's really cool. Like, I mean, I, I like that approach because that's sort of like if a patient asks me, Hey, like they've never done any sort of fitness or anything. I'm just like, look, pick something you like, whatever it is, running, spinning, CrossFit, whatever, but mix it up once in a while, you know, throw in some yoga in there, throw in some Pilates in there, just, just move. And I feel like the more ways you move, the healthier your body is generally. It's just, if you stick to one thing that things can kind of build up over time. So I feel like that's a really good approach to kind of say, Hey, like you've got the spin, you've got the movement studio. I like that um, place to move. And, and I feel like you're, you're a fan of music is what it sounds like. What's uh what's your favorite kind of music?
1: I'm a big fan of hip hop. I, I fell in love with hip hop music the first time I ever heard Salt and Pepper. And I remember I was like, I was young and didn't realize how horribly inappropriate the lyrics were. Until, yeah. Like, I remember my mom being like, No, you're not listening to that. And I was like, What? What do you mean? And then I listened to it like now. And I'm like, All ah, right. Yeah. Okay.
0: Like, yeah. it's none of your
1: business. <laughs> like, Whoa. Okay, mom. I understand now. And I remember being like, So offended. She took it away. And then, like, as I grew up, I was, like, this is, like, I just really liked that music and, like, kind of dove into to learning about it and learning about the roots of it and, like, learning about, like, East Coast versus West Coast and how, like, hip-hop was, like, rooted in, in um, the, like, New York and, and in the East Coast and then how it kind of came about on the West Coast mm-hmm. and, like, what made that popular. And it was, like, such a cool thing that I just, I love to learn. And that was one of the coolest things about hip-hop music is there's so much history to yeah. it, so it's like an added yeah. component of, and um, not just listening to the music and getting enjoyment from it there, but like actual learning from the history of where it came from.
0: Yeah. Have you seen the um the, the thing on Netflix? I forget what it was called, but there's like a, a show on Netflix that goes through the history of it.
1: Mm, no, I'm I'm the worst. I don't actually watch TV very often.
0: Oh, okay, okay. It's called Hip Hop Evolution. If you ever decide to watch TV, Hip Hop Evolution, I feel like you'd really like that.
1: Noted. Yeah. I, I grew up without TV, so it's like a weird. I'm missing like the the TV gene, if you will, where people are like, you know, you come home and you relax, you sit on the couch and turn on the TV. Our TV gets turned on like five times a year.
0: So what do you do when you want to relax then?
1: Like, I, do, I feel like I come home and I like work and I do other stuff and i like, fine, like download music. And like, it's just a weird thing that I don't ever think until it's like 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, oh, we could watch. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> and so like, I like, I watched in quarantine, I watched two episodes of tiger king realized it was not for me and then was like okay because i didn't get i didn't understand the memes so i was like i need to watch this because i don't understand what they're saying and i still, yeah. still kind of don't but i was like eh, it's not for me so I'm, but yeah. yeah hip-hop evolution i will i will make a note
0: yeah it's really cool it goes through the whole history of uh well maybe not the whole history but it goes through a lot of the history of hip-hop and in in the states and goes like you said east coast west coast southern hip-hop and where they get their influences and stuff like that i think there's one on uh canada too so they talk about canadian hip-hop which is really really cool uh who are some of your favorite artists
1: um i really like notorious big i I try to keep him alive in almost every spin class i teach people probably like tired of listening to the same three albums i'm like ah i got you listen here i like the the hip hop artists that like tell tell a story yeah,
0: yeah. or so
1: so like um nipsey hustle is another one that i'm a big fan um jay-z like a lot of the older jay-z stuff i really like mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. yeah i really i really love the storytelling too because it's got, kind of gone really far away from the storytelling now it's just like phrase phrase phrase
1: (laughs) right and before it was like there was like almost like mantras in it like there was almost like like a a life lesson in in the lyrics in the song and like i feel like you're right like with new age stuff it's kind of going away and i'm hoping that things will take a turn and bring that back because there is a lot of like when someone tells you it puts themselves out there and tells a life story in that vulnerable way but like makes it artistic it's Mm -hmm. there's nothing more powerful than that
0: yeah yeah i totally agree I feel like some some artists are still kind of keeping it alive. Like J. Cole is really good. I really love him. Um, he's really good at storytelling. I remember, uh, I'm a big Tupac fan. I love I love Biggie too, obviously. I know there's there's that, that beef with them. I, I feel like you can love both, right? You can love both. Um, and I remember I was in university and I was listening to Tupac and uh, my roommate at the time, he was like, hey, you like Tupac, man? Like, Because I listen to him every fucking day, right? And he's like, you should listen to J. Cole. And this was back in like, Twenty twenty ten, 2010 right so i was just stuck in like this like tupac kind of like bubble and i listened to Jay cole and i was like man this guy sounds just like tupac in some of the songs it was really really cool so yeah i really love the storytelling stuff it's really uh like you said quite powerful um all right so we've got less than a minute here so why don't we
1: tell people talk too much
0: <laughs> not at all i i'm Hundred percent sure, everyone wants to hear you talk. I know I want to hear you talk. Uh, why don't we tell everybody if they wanna either rent a bike or if they wanna take a class? Like, what's where do they go if they wanna do some spinning?
1: Sixcycle.com, or you can find us on Instagram at six underscore cycle, and it links all the ways through there. That's kind of the hub, so that's where you find us.
0: Beautiful. All right. Thank you for your time, Julie. I know you're a very busy person, so I appreciate you making the time to chat with us. Thank you for having me. You're very, very welcome. We'll see you soon, okay?
1: Yeah, sounds good. Take care.
0: Bye. Bye.